All right, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. We have Chad the Detail Ninja. Hello. There you go. We were waiting for it. We are like, where is it? <laughs> what up, my ninja? Nothing much. Just, you know, living the dream down here in Arkansas, you know, slinging polish and dicing defects. All right, all right. <laughs> slinging polish and what? Dyson 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 Oh, because he's a ninja. That's right. Yeah, there you go. He's a ninja. <laughs> What's up with you guys? Man. Padman and uh, DJ Eco Wash all day, every day? All day, every day, but Saturday baby, and baby. Sunday. <laughs> well, every once in a while you do one, don't you? Mm. You do a Saturday every once in a while. Mm, not no. publicly? You're not going to admit that publicly? That's right. That's okay, right. Okay, good call. Good call. Chad, do you work uh, do you work Saturdays or are you just Monday through Friday? I work seven days a week. I, in August, I was in my new shop, and I was you know thirty one days in August. And I was open every day. Uh, explain that. Well, uh, when you get big jobs, uh, you know I just did two Vipers. You know they were four to five days apiece uh, with the amount of work they needed. And uh, my wife is a labor and delivery nurse, and when she works on the weekend, there's no point in me just sitting here by myself. So if you got stuff to do, go do it. I get it. That's that's awesome. So, tell us about your Viper jobs. Well, the first one came upon. Uh, both of them live five minutes from me. I didn't know either one of them lived here. Um, the the blue Viper saw me driving down the road with my trailer, which I'm mobile slash not mobile because I got the shop now. Um, he called me about a month ago. Went out and did a few estimates. He actually has about seven or eight cars. And he had been looking for somebody to buff on his car for about two years. Didn't trust anybody. Bought the car with 1,500 miles from Florida. And it looked like it had been driven through a car wash every day of his life. So he brought it to me. He's about a 65-year-old man. I did his car. Blown away with it. He referred me to the Red Viper. And uh, the Red Viper owner actually called me on the phone and told me he was going to go to the guy's house and look at his car in person because he didn't believe what the pictures were showing so uh he told me if he if he liked what he saw that night he would see me in the morning at my shop and i i just told him uh, i'd see you tomorrow <laughs> see you at nine o'clock that's a good answer so, so he just kind of laughed and he came in and i did his car i think i think the red viper took a day less uh you know it's kind of you know you you know you're doing the same exact thing for another car so he kind of go a little bit you already had your pad combination and all what you were doing you already had that ready yeah everything was ready um originally he didn't want everything done that the other guy got um but we went ahead and you know had a consultation for about an hour he said his car wasn't as bad (laughs) (laughs) of course it wasn't and we put it under the lights and aka i don't want to pay that much exactly so um we got from the front bumper on the passenger side to the rear bumper, and by the time I got to the rear bumper, he said that he hated my life, and <laughs> he didn't want to look at any more scratches on his car and just do what I needed to do. So that's how the Red Viper went, and we ended up uh, polishing you know, every door jam, the whole entire motor, ceramic coating, everything on the car, including the motor. He shows his car. Uh, he came in about three days later unannounced and uh, wasn't coated yet came in blown away and asked me when you could take it home and i said well after i ceramic coated you can take it home he thought it had already been coated and uh i said no that's just my you know the paint correction work and 
And I said, thanks for the compliment. And I'm going to go back tomorrow and pick it up. So that's how it went down. And they've actually referred me to three other Viper owners. Uh, I'm supposed to have one, a black one, coming into the shop next week. Gross. So apparently everybody in Arkansas has purchased a Viper, which is which is ironic because there's only – them guys told me that there's only about 3,000 of them in existence because they didn't build them every year, and there was only 600 per year built. Now, these like so, the, the, the brand-new ones, the uh, – what is it, ACR or whatever? Yeah, they have three packages. They have they have the SRT8 package, which that was the red one. Then they have the ACR, which is, has the big wing. It's yeah, I like that edition. one. Yeah. And then the GTS was the blue one, but they have a GTS launch edition which has every option on it. Gotcha. Uh, so you've done all three. Between, yeah. Uh, the difference between the two is the the red one, I couldn't get in. I'm six foot four. I weigh about 275. Couldn't get in it. The blue one had power You're seats. You're how big a boy, are you? <laughs> uh, you know, my mom fed me biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> and gravy. Don't, don't, don't leave out the sausage oh, yeah, you gravy. Gotta the gravy. Yeah, you got to have the gravy. So, uh, but the blue one actually was nicer because it had leather seats. And, I mean, uh, power seats. So I could move the seat around. I could get in and out. But all that led up to me making a purchase this week. I bought a quick jack because I got tired of, you know, having to jack them up and, and, and get under the car. Because they were wanting me to polish under the car. They were wanting me to clean the underside of the suspension. You know, it's just a lot of work for an old man. Oh, trust you, me, you, I know. You agree, Marty? Yeah, I agree. All right, old man. <laughs> I agree. All right, so since we dove off into this, which is perfectly fine, so you spent how much time on each Viper? I would say four days, probably 35, 40 hours uh, total. I had about, I don't know, about 20 hours in the paint correction part. I didn't really set a clock. I set days on them. Um, I had a few jobs in between them. Okay, so you about you didn't just spend the whole. You didn't. No, 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 no. no. You know, I, I my method to my madness is I'm efficient in everything I do. I did 1,200 cars last year by myself. So if, if you can do 1,200 cars by yourself, you have to have a way of in order to do stuff efficiently without losing quality, but still be fast. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, what I do on big jobs like that is, I, you know, I have it jacked up on the side. And if I get a call, for example, during the Blue Viper, I had a call to do a 100-mile uh, Honda CRV, And um, it was a repeat customer. And he wanted a ceramic coating put on that car to protect it. So that was a job that I could do, you know, half a day. And I could also go back to the Viper that night. So Yeah. I know the struggle. She does. Struggle's real. It is real. Yeah. Hey, that's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, it is. It's a great problem. Yeah, um, you know, every, that, that, the problem is, is everybody wants you, but you only have twenty-four hours a day in two hands. Mm-hmm. So, you prefer to be the only one. I mean, it sounds like you have enough work that you can hire, you know, an extra hand. Do you just prefer to do it all yourself, or are you considering bringing some other people in so you can get some more volume going, or actually less fatigue on yourself? Um, the fatigue doesn't get me. I'm used to working, you know, 70 to 100 hours a week. It's no big deal for me as far as fatigue-wise at this point in my life. I would rather, you know, I created this high-end detail shop in order to put out a better product for people because nobody around here has anything like that. 
I was doing volume. I was the king of volume. You know, I did 1,200 cars for a dealership last year, and I've done it for the last 19 years for the same dealership. It's not about volume to me anymore. Um, it's about quality. It's about customer relations. You know, I got into this because I enjoyed doing it, and I enjoyed seeing the smile on people's faces when I was done. You know, and, and the struggle from, you know, being married at 18 and having two kids by the time I was 21 – I was the only one working. I had to get out there and turn volume and make money. And so that's what I did. And um, I actually just walked away from it last year. Uh, I guess, well, about four or five months ago, I walked away from it. Uh, six figures a year, plenty of volume, all the cars I wanted, didn't have to leave. I, I stayed in one spot, uh, rented a bay from a dealership, and I was the main guy for these cars. But I just, it was, it came to the point where the volume didn't matter anymore. It was just monotony. I didn't enjoy it. And my wife was like, you know, you need to step away, make something happy, you know, make yourself happy. And if I need to pick up some extra shifts doing my job, whatever we got to do, let's get this thing going. So that's how the whole new shop and the new business came about. Man, them Russians know how to do it, don't they? They do. Nikita is a Russian. Is that an old person joke? No. That's just an inside joke. That's an inside joke. When we talked on Instagram... He told me his name was Nikita. I was like, oh, she's Russian. <laughs> yeah. I told, I, and then I sent him a picture of her, and he was like, which website did you get off of? <laughs> RussianMailOrderBride.com. He's like, for real? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, he was not asking for a friend at all. <laughs> I know he was. see his web browser. He was like, y'all want to come to Oklahoma? <laughs> no, but you are going to come to SEMA, right? iffy because it just depends on how you know how work goes he's gonna he's gonna come uh, for a couple hours on tuesday well that's why you sent me the picture you were like hey can she come i I was like uh Uh, can't argue with that yeah i mean the plans to still go uh nikita actually she's a labor and delivery nurse and she has uh, 11 days off during that time uh she took some vacation days plus her schedule allowed her to have 11 days off we're just trying to balance you know the new shop and you know the new expenses of the shop and you know and and seeing if it's it's if it's a feasible thing for us to still do that, or take that money and reinvest it into the company, we're trying to decide. The plane ticket's still booked, but we're trying to decide. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's dive into this beer real quick, and I want to go back to your story. But this is a beer that you had sent me, and here's a public. I kind of said it a minute ago when we we're having some intro issues, but I. Uh, I think you got cut off and you missed the part. What's so funny about uh, the way we've talked over the past couple of months and then just the other night, you were like, dude, I told you all that already. And I was like, yeah. welcome to DJ's world. <laughs> like, that's, that's also why I work by myself. So I, <laughs> I can lay down to sleep and forget the last day ever happened. It's the weirdest uh, deal. So I probably... Lay down probably lay down to sleep in a bed full of season 105 bottles <laughs> i don't know if that'd be comfortable Some slick sheets there yeah yeah <laughs> uh but you had mentioned this bud light orange and uh so i grabbed some uh, i don't know a couple weeks ago and i was like hey this stuff is legit like uh so so that's what we're drinking tonight uh very good recommendation nice uh i already am down to almost my second one DJ's pouring his second one. What do you guys think of the beer? It's good, Marty. It's good, thanks. Appreciate the feedback. 
That's a good wife. That's a good she wife. A good beer wife. and pizza. Beer and pizza. Hmm. Why, beer, pizza, and detailing. Yeah. And oh, and she helped you. Um, she stood there and took some pictures, stuff like that. You know, she likes to take pictures of me while I'm working because you know she says it you know, turns her on. So. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Something about a hardworking man, you know, especially, on, especially when I'm working on the weekends. You know. Why is that? She likes them going. Yeah, she knows there's more money coming in. <laughs> um, she can go spend it, huh? There you go. Yeah, I actually got a good girl. She just, she, she would rather, uh, she's not a, I gotta go shopping. She's more of a, you know, let's save her money and go do something else. Like go to SEMA. Like SEMA, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say that exactly. Exactly. No more excuses yeah. there. Yeah, she's, it's yeah, done. No more done excuses. I, yeah, I, I mean, it was already enough excuses trying to get on this podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> you tried pretty hard not to get on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. Uh, in, in fact, Marty, you know, you've been asking for a while, and if he's just like, you know what, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to randomly text him and say, we're well, on for Wednesday, right? <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Hey, so take us back to... Chad, as a kid, who were you? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What made you go start working at a dealership? All that good stuff. Okay. Here, here, uh, here's the short version of it. Um, I was raised by a single mom. Um, I was, uh, you know, every summer I was dropped off at my grandma's house. And my mom was always working. I never knew how she afforded everything because she always made sure we had everything we needed. Um, I had an older brother that was deaf. He couldn't hear her talk. And in Arkansas, we have uh, Arkansas School for the Deaf and Blind, and he stayed on campus there pretty much, you know, his whole, you know, teenage years and and up. So I didn't really get to see him as much as I wanted to. Uh, My sister was a couple years older, so she was always gone out doing her thing. And then I had a younger brother, so I was kind of in the middle of four. And I I was kind of a loner. I just kind of, you know, my mom wasn't home because she was always working, so I just decided that... You know, I was going to take care of myself no matter what, and uh, went through school, uh, met my first wife when I was 17. Um, we actually got married at 18. Had Where were you? Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, okay. Little Rock is, I say Little Rock so everybody knows where it is, but there's actually a bunch of little towns that are, you know, I can get to Little Rock in five minutes. I actually live in a town called Sherwood, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's basically just Sherwood, North Rock, and then Little Rock. You know, it's all right there. Um, you know, the biggest part of Arkansas, basically. So why didn't you born. go with like Robin Hood as your theme instead of a? Why Robin Hood? I don't know. Sherwood don't know. Forest. Uh, oh. Well, years ago. So uh, the the, the reason the ninja thing came about is, I mean, you know, I've been detailing since '94. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that I, was a weekly customer, and at that time, I had. Uh, purchased uh two century uh, shampoos they were uh you know the ninja brand and every time i cleaned his car he would just call me the detail ninja and it just kind of stuck over 20 years and when i made my instagram page it was originally just my name and uh, i started getting on following other detailers around the world and and i was impressed with what everybody was doing and being older i was kind of late to the game and so I wanted to kind of have a unique name, so I created, you know, I looked for Detail Ninja. It was available. It was something, you know, I was already called. So 
I just kind of stuck with it. And then a uh, short story about that, you know, how the character came about is, you know, I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. And I actually saw the Shine Doctor's uh, new logo that he got created by Shane, who owns a uh, Instagram name, Master Creation. And I, I asked uh, Steve about, you know, who he used. And he told me and I got in touch with Shane. And I mean, in a matter of 24 hours, I had my new logo and the rest is, you know, the rest is history. That's the ninja for you. Yeah, I like it. So, All right, so I you... wanted something. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You wanted something. I wanted like... something. I wanted something catchy, you know, not real cartoon. I mean, it is kind of cartoony, but I wanted something when I was, you know, somebody saw the logo, they knew who it was or. You know, even kids driving down the road, even though they don't have money to spend on, you know, my services, they could say, hey, mom, look, 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 you know, there's a you know, little cool character right there. You know, so I wanted something that it's would catchy. catch people's eyes. That's eye. pretty smart. Yeah, it's That's catchy. That's real smart, man. That's good. Oh, the, the guy did a good job, man. Yeah, he, he, he's very talented. Very, very talented. All right, so take us back to the Sherwood Forest. Yeah, Robin Hood, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we moved out towards the Sherwood area when I was about 12. My mom, um, actually, I didn't, uh, my biological father, you know, he left when I was like two. So, um, I met my, my mom got remarried when I was 12, uh, to a guy named, uh, John Pierce. He, him and his three brothers owned the Dr. Vinyl franchise in Arkansas, in central Arkansas. They've had it for 35 years now. And, um, so he's in the automotive industry all day, you know, and, so what happened was, is we didn't get along, but when I became a teenager, he had a friend that had a detail business. And he said, you know, you can't work with me because we don't get along, but you can go work for this guy. And so I went to work for him uh, in the summers when I was 14 and uh, did that till about 16. And then I got work release at school and I would get out and I got my first job in a, uh, other than with that guy, I got my first job at a Cadillac dealership in Little Rock. And... Uh, first day on the job, uh, black, big sedan, sedan Deville, uh, used car manager comes outside. I'm 16 years old and, you know, I've really never handled a buffer in my life. And he said, here's some polish, here's some compound, here's a buffer with a wool pad, uh, make this car look good. <laughs> so, well, I yeah, I mean, 16, you know what you're doing. No, I had no clue. What? But, but I had to drive and I didn't know. But I knew I could call some people and ask. So, you know, it's the same theory of if you don't have the answer, you know, I mean, the, a bad answer is I don't know. But a good answer is I don't know, but I'll tell you here in a little while once I find out. Yeah, so, so I'm going to dive into that question for just a second. Okay. Um, because as you spent and as you grew in the, the industry at dealerships, I, I would say that is a common thought process for um, – used car managers, or let's just say upper management in general, is, hey, just get it done. It can't be that hard. Here's your stuff. Go get it done. Um, And and some of the people that we've had on that have been in dealerships or even uh, like we had uh, Cass who came on. He was in a dealership setting as a manager. Um, he, He was blown away of how much skill it actually takes, right, all the stuff we know. But people that are in management, they just have no clue. So why is it that, why do you think a dealership that they're, the product that they're going to put out to sell, they just, and a lot of them don't care about the way it looks or upper management, they don't, they're like, just fucking get it done. Like they don't have a yeah. concept that it, 
how much it actually takes. Why do you I, think I, that is? Um, I don't think I know the answer. The, the, at the end of the day, they do want quality, but it's the bottom line. All the managers that I've ever had experience with, they get paid at the end of the month on a bonus. After all the bills have been paid, whatever profit's left, all the managers get to split a percentage of that profit. So if you're putting more money into details, you know, that comes off of, they look at it as that comes off of their profit. Instead of this guy is making these cars immaculate and we're selling 175 used cars a month, they're looking at it like, oh no, we can't give the detailed engine more money because that will come off our profit at the end of the day. And we can't, and I was actually told when I walked away, if we give you a raise, then you will be making more money than the managers. So they look at they look at detailers as a second class citizen instead of the skill that's involved, the, the the years of training and the knowledge. That's what they're paying for. But at the end of the day, they replaced. You know, when I left, I walked away how I wanted to, and they replaced me with a salesman that had never detailed cars before, and he's back there detailing cars right now. And and I get calls every day. Man, I wish you were back. Yeah, hey, that's interesting. We've got a dealership here. Well, and there's probably more than, but I'm just, we, I know one that the, there was a salesman that wasn't making good money selling cars, and he's like, oh, I can detail. And so they just put yep. him back in detail. You know, and the Correct. detailers that are there are like, oh my word, this guy doesn't know how to do a single thing. People Correct. just assume that they can do it. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, a you know, assuming that uh, an ordinary, you know, family doctor that you go see from a common cold is a brain surgeon. It's two different levels, you know. So, you know, and, and that's always been a pet peeve of mine. You know, when somebody calls, hey, man, can I get, you know, uh, a car wash? Well, you know, I'm not a car wash. Well, well, I just want a detail. What kind of detail do you want? Is there more than one? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different levels, you know. So... You know, I've learned when I got older to, to, you know, don't take it as an insult. You know, just just educate people on what there is. If they don't want you, I mean, the common term is it's expensive. And I always reply with, it's not expensive compared to other guys that are on my level. I'm, I'm fair market value compared to my other peers. Now, somebody that's coming and doing a $50 wash, yeah, I'm expensive compared to him. Yeah. So... All right, so how long were you? did you say you were at the dealerships? Um, I was at, well, I've been doing dealerships forever. Uh, I was actually at one dealership for 19 years. Uh, I was a mix of de- uh, dealerships, and I had big FedEx accounts to wash FedEx trucks every year. I actually washed 85,000 FedEx trucks a year for about seven or eight years. Wow. And that was my bread and butter, though. That was, you know, it was guaranteed rain, sleet, or snow. Um, it didn't matter. You know, you had to be there. I don't care if you had the flu. You had to be out there washing the FedEx trucks. And then I kind of just did the detailing during the day because I made all of my profits and all my money from FedEx. How did you work around their schedule? I mean, those trucks were running 24-7. Um, see, it breaks up in shifts. So the day shift comes in about 5 o'clock. And like, so the location that I ran had 75 trucks. So... I would come in at 5 after detailing all day, and I would work from 5 to 8, and I would do half of the trucks during that time, and then I'd have about an hour break, and then the night shift trucks would come in, and they would unload, and I'd wash them. I usually get out of there about midnight every night. Um, I start my day about 8 o'clock every day. So is it like Red Bull or coffee? Like, what, what, what's, what, what do you... <laughs> it, was the, it was the first life, not, I'm not going to work, so you're going to have to go pay all the bills. Okay. 
Hey, it's got to yeah. be something. I knew it. Yeah, that that was the motivation. Um, you know, hard work. Uh, hard work's never been nothing for me. Um, it's just about you know I had this mentality. You know, uh, the volume mentality. You know, um, it'd be Friday night after I worked. You know, all day. It'd be Friday at six, and at the dealership they would pull up. You know, three eighteen wheelers with twenty four cars on them from the auction. And, you know, the, the owner of my store wanted every car on the lot. He didn't care what it took. It needed to be on the lot. So I had many nights where I would work all day Friday, and then I'd work Friday night all the way into Saturday morning without sleeping just to get all the cars on the lot. And it just it wears on you. It just it wears. The biggest thing with me is I'm an appreciation guy. You know, don't tell me thank you for staying all night when next week you give me a middle finger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, because because your middle finger it means way more to me than that than the BS you know thank you you gave me. So and that's why I did what I did with these with starting this high end shop is because at the end of the day when when one customer comes in and you just blew his mind that his car looked better than when he bought it or better than when it was new and he didn't know how you did it. That's all the appreciation I need. There you go. So to me is the best part of detailing. Oh, it's the only part for me. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I mean, you know, you're, you're taking a guy that's 65 years old that has, you know, plenty of money to go spend detailing on whoever he wants and has been waited for two years to get his car polished because he didn't trust anybody. And so he took, you know, one guy that he saw driving down the street after a couple of consultations, and he's like, here, here's my keys, here's my car. And so that led to the, me doing the silver SSR that I did. That was his truck. Um, he has six other cars that I'm supposed to get a hold of. He actually has a big business uh, that's a street sweeping business. Um, he actually called me tomorrow. I got to go out to to service one of his street sweeper trucks he just bought. Um, so, you know, it's all about relationships. Are you going to code a sweets a street sweeper? A sweet sweeper? I don't yeah. know. Um, I'm going to take my trailer there tomorrow, and here's the reason why. That might be a first. I, I stickered my trailer. With the coating on there. My dad put the stickers on me for, for free. You know, he owns a company, Dr. Vinyl. It should have took him about an hour to sticker my trailer. Instead, it took him five hours. Because I have a red trailer. I don't want it faded. It's, you know, it's a <laughs> it's, it's something good. when I pull up, people can touch it. They can feel it. They can spray water on it. And they can see everything that's coated on it. That way, they can see what a coating is. Mm-hmm. Well, I coated it before my dad put my stickers on it. So, you could imagine, he... You know, he's out there for five hours trying to put these these decals on. And, you know, he even tells me, you know, hey, you know, we we sprayed adhesion promoter on it. And I said, well, that's great, even though the ceramic coating is chemical resistant. So, uh, actually, the trailer is coated in CC-105. Uh, and it, it was actually polished out before that with the Optimus Primer. Uh, so, I got all that done. And what was funny is I'm, I was kind of tired of everybody just assuming I was mobile. So yesterday I peeled the mobile part off my stickers. And guess what? Super easy to peel off. They were so easy to peel off. They've been on there for about four months. I could take the sticker and re- reapply it to someone, something else. They didn't tear apart. There was no glue left over. And there was no no sun damage where the sticker used to be. You can't even tell where the sticker was. So that was just the benefit of actually on accident ceramic coating the trader before he put the stickers on. But now I wouldn't have it any other way because I can, I, in about 10 minutes, I can take all these stickers off and, you know, and I could sell my trailer and nobody would even know that it was on. So. Yeah. 
That's crazy. So I've got a quick question for you, and I, this question is for a lot of guys that are like you that can do it all by themselves for you know long periods of time and so forth. The question, like, what's your what's your end game? Like, what I mean, when it's all said and done, you're like, you know what, screw it, I can't, I'm not going to do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. You know, easily you could have put someone at the dealership when you left and had you had that money still going there as well. You know yeah. what? What's your what's your what's your end game with, with this uh, new venture you're at right now? Uh, well, I got two end games. One, I'm going to win the lottery. All right. And two, I married a Russian girl that's ten years younger than me, so she has a lot more work expectancy than I do. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can take it, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I get I get you know, my customers come in all the time, and that's the first thing they say. Man, why don't you train somebody? I said, well, you know, this isn't learned overnight. You know, this is many many years. And here's the great thing about dealerships. You know, especially being in them for over 20 years. You don't know how to wet sand. You don't know how to use rotary buffer. It's no big deal. Dealerships have tons of $500 wholesale units you can practice on. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that, you know, I, I figured it up. All the trucks, all the FedEx trucks, all the used cars, you know, 1,200 used cars a year. I figured it up. I've, I've touched, my hands have touched over 850,000 vehicles in 20 years. Jeez. So... You know, and, that's and a I, lot of cars. It's a lot of cars, you know. So, you know, but you know, there was a lot of mistakes early on. Um, you know, you grow and you learn, you move from them. Um, I'm nowhere near, and I get the compliment all the time. I get people. The dealership I was at 20 years, you create a family. You know, everybody there misses me. I miss everybody there, but I get the compliment every time. Man, you stepped your game up to another level. And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, the cars you're putting out are way better than what the dealership was getting. I said, well, the dealership was only paying a, a fraction of the cost. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, I laugh at that. Uh, they think that just overnight, you know, I watched a YouTube video or, or I did something and I just learned how to do this overnight. And I said, yeah, I've always been able to do this. But, you know, you know, time is not, you know, it's not free, you know? So, um that's why I started the high-end shop. That's why I want to work on one car at a time. I have no desire to see how many corrections and coatings I could do in a week. That, that's the old Chad. I'm, I'm, leave it. If you want volume, go to go to McDonald's. They have all the volume you need. You know, they they sling them. You know, but for me, it's just going to be quality. It's going to be end result. Because at the end of the day. 31 days in August, I didn't have one day where I didn't have one or two cars in my shop, and I didn't go drum any of that business up. It was all from one guy getting a cleaning, telling his buddy. And that's how my business has stayed, you know, stayed busy since I've opened it. So So let's let's walk through some of this some of this transition. Uh, but let's let's first dive a little bit into the dealership world. Um, okay. There's a lot of people, DJ included, you know, that probably couldn't. Let's just let's play that game, DJ. Tell us what happens at a dealership with detailing cars. I, I'll be the first. I'm not. I'm not going to deal with it. I don't do it at all. Uh, yeah. No. I, right. No clue. Yeah, no. What do you mean? No clue. Like how the operation goes. No. No. How oh, a guy yeah, got I have like, zero clue how it works. Yeah. Dealership. I. I don't. And I have no care to even figure it out. Right, because I've got my own stigma of what dealerships are and, and, and all that. So I've had my fair share of working for for some uh, to do details for them, you know, mobile, and it's just not ever worked out. So it's just an area that I stay away from. So yeah, I have little knowledge, if any, about dealership. Yes, yeah, so I wish I'd have known that when I was younger. You know. Well, but you did. It's fine. I mean, I like you yeah. said. You, you said you made the comment, which we have said before. Is listen, you want to cut your teeth, you want to learn. 
the, the yep. dealership have a lot like the auction cars they have a lot yes. of stuff like you can burn the paint you can scrub yep. out carpet like you can learn your craft and get yep. paid to do it yep the thing that gets me about dealerships is exactly what you just said well ago you just said detailers at a dealership because that's the term that gets to me because I was there in charge of all the used cars. No matter if there was 100 or 200 a month that came in, I was in charge of them. They had guys there that were, you know, basically new car prep or or wash guys, you know. But they categorize them guys and me under one term as a detailer. All right, you so know, break that like down for us. Slow down and break that down for us. Tell us what, tell us what you mean. So what I mean is, you know, these guys were hired, you know, a couple dollars above minimum wage which is fine, but they had no skill. They're, you know, all they do is, you know, they, they even get brushes, you know, it, it makes me cringe, but, you know, they, they, they wash the new cars, they armor all the tires or, or shine the tires up, they shammy them off, clean the windows, put them on the lot. Now, all of a sudden, now they're detailers. Whereas you got me, who is on every used car, you know, I'm starting with the decon, I'm washing the entire car, motor, door jams, everything. I'm blowing it out, I'm vacuuming, I'm, I, you know, I'm drill brushing it, I'm dirt extracting, I'm steaming it, cleaning the windows, I'm cleaning the headliner, um, I'm, you know, you name it, I'm doing it to these cars at a compact price, but at the same time, all of my work is considered the same as the guy next to me who is called a detailer, and that term gets to me because it's like saying, I want a Coke, and you bring them a Coke, and they go, well, no, I actually wanted Pepsi. And then you go, well, isn't all of it the same? You know, it's like categorizing everything in the same, and it's not. So, you know, yeah, I, I love what you're saying because I think you're right, and and I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out and what I said, because there's so much stigma. You can go yeah. on Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't matter. You can go into a group setting with other detailers. There's a stigma that detailers at a dealership. Don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't. Well, mm. well, based on what you just said, yeah. that's why there's that stigma. Because maybe we associate, because we don't all know what exactly is going on inside the dealership world, um, we don't know how it's positioned. But we, you are correct. There is, what, lot porters, there's make-ready guys, and those yeah. get lumped into that they are detailers. So yes. when we have this stigma against dealerships and that they detail and that those detailers must not know what they're doing, right, some don't, but many of them just get lumped into the category they shouldn't have even been considered. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like how we as detailers would say in our packages, we say, well, there's car washes and then there's details, or there's like express and then there's full. It's Correct. the same concept. Yeah, I get that every day when people ask for a detail. And I, I say, well, you know, what level, what are you wanting? And they go, well, what do you mean? And I'm, well, not everything's included in every price. Yeah, that's what they expect, though. <laughs> they, they, they really do, yeah. about the dealership. They want, they want to give you 1,200 cars a year. They want to pay you the smallest amount for it. And they want you to be happy with it because you did volume. Mm -hmm. We're giving you volume, and but we want this quality well you know there's a fine line between all of that 
Oh, and definitely. That, that, yeah. That was the end goal that made me walk away. Yeah, that got so, burnt twice on a dealer on two dealerships, and that's when I was like, you know what, I'm this is not not for me. You know, it was you early. Know, at the end, you know, there was nothing worse than than you know getting you know. In order to do 40, 50 cars a week, you have to have time management. So you have to be on cars no more than an hour and a half, probably, and then you got to move it out. So if you, you know, all of a sudden, and in my leadership, I was, you know, I got lumped into one price for everything, except for any kind of polishing or buffing. That was different. But as far as the detail goes, it was one price, and we'll give you all the cars. Well, that was great in the beginning, but what happened was, is over the years, they start taking the easier cars and giving them to their car wash guys, and then I don't get everything. Well, I'm still lumped into that price. And so... What was that price? Well, just straight up, it was 100 bucks. 100 bucks a car. You know, that's surprisingly better than what I was expecting. Well, here here you go. I'll tell you the rundown. When When I joined this one dealership that I got to, I at that time, I had... I had like six different dealerships I was doing. And this one dealership in town wanted the, the owner of it. It's not a big corporation. It's, it's one man. He's a billionaire. And he wanted, he is partial to have an exclusivity to everybody that works for him. So he didn't want me working for other competitors. He only wanted me in his place. And so he promised me 100 a car. No matter how many cars we come in every month, you'll get every one of them. Well, that went out the window. And what happened was is I did that from 99 to 2004, and I started out in 99. I did my first car for free, and I started out at 75 a car. And then every year I bumped it up $5, and I just kept going up and up and up and up until they eventually caught on, and they were like, well, we can't go up anymore. Well, in 2004, I was, you know, was kind of stuck. Well, when I walked away from my dealership, I walked away. The general manager who I've known forever begged me not to go. And I said, well, you know, stuff's got to change. And he said, give me a new pricing sheet. Come in in a couple of days and we'll talk about it. Well, when I went back in, you know, my new pricing sheet had went up, you know, $75 a car. And they just weren't going to pay it. And what happened was is I told him, I said, man, there's inflation. Everything costs more. I said, I put a lot more, you know, I buy more, you know, high dollar supplies. You know, I buy, you know, more equipment. I'm doing more stuff these cars. And I've been stuck in $100 a car since 2004. And I told him, I said, you know, you can't buy a new truck for a 2004 price. But you expect me to do my same job at a 2004 price. And that's that's what ultimately just led me to, you know what, I'm just going to, I've had enough. And, I mean, the biggest thing was Nikita saying, you know what, if i got to pick up extra shifts at the hospital, I don't care. Just go with whatever's going to make you happy, let's go do it. And that's that what started the whole new shop so but you know you think about it you break it down 1200 cars a year you know uh 120,000 plus whatever buffing i did for them uh you know that's great money oh yeah yeah you know i was working 70 70 to 100 hours a week and you were you you were uh and not too many people would do 70 to 80 hours like so you're you're a beast um the the thing is, is that you were what a subcontractor? You didn't work for the dealership. No, I was a, no, I was a subcontractor. They they actually a decade ago tried to hire me as an actual employee, um, which they have several guys that have done that way. And I, I you know I've sat back and listened, kept my ear to the ground, and and I realized that if I did that, I was going to have to double whatever I was doing because then I was under their control. Right. 
So well, and a lot of times they're flag hours. You know, they're yes. yeah, the, the the exact thing that you're saying. We, you know, as I got out of transitioning from you know full detail to selling the products more, I don't do as much detailing now as I used to. The the thing of going into these dealerships, it has amazed me of what you're talking about. The lack of concern and the not only the lack of concern for the cars, but the lack of concern for upper management has for the detailers. And Correct. and the flag hours, I've I've sat down with operation managers and talked to them and you know they're paying eleven and twelve bucks a flag hour and I'm t- you know they want to know why they're having so much turnover. I'm like, listen, you've got a dealership right next door to you that's paying fifteen to sixteen a flag hour and giving them four to four and a half you know, hours for detail and you're doing 12 and giving them three and a half. Oh, but we give them volume. They can come here and make as much as they want. I'm like, no, you're still telling them they have to work for less. Like no concern for the actual well-being of the, the detailer in the most no. part. And that that's and you, and, 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 and very and personally, amazing. I always had to, even though I was there for 19 years, I always had the thread over my head. You know, I always felt like if they gave me 20 cars, at Friday at 5 o'clock, and they wanted them on the lot by Saturday morning, I always felt like if I didn't do them and I didn't get them all complete, that my job was on the line. And I got tired of looking over my shoulder, even though we were all supposed to be family. We all trusted everybody. But at the end of the day, when you're doing that and you're talking to a general manager that's making 800000 a year, and then your used car managers, which they had four of them, they were making, you know, between two and two fifty a piece a year, and then they look at me like I'm a second class citizen. But the day before, they took me to lunch. So, you know, I'm a big trust guy, and you know, and and that's what I love dealing with. You know, your company is, you know, it, I have the feeling no matter how big Total Auto Solutions gets, you're still the guy that you can pick up the phone and call. You know, I'm that kind of person. I don't want to deal with some big corporation that doesn't have the time for me. You know. Um, Back to volume, you know, nobody does volume like McDonald's or Walmart, but the customer service goes out the window. The only person that's figured that out is Chick-fil-A, you know? That's so true. That is so true. You know, know, but them guys have it, you know, and that's how I kind of am. I'm a one-man show, but I'll treat you like Chick-fil-A treats you. You know, we're going to do the job right, and we're going to get it out efficiently and fast, you know, so. So do you want to change your name to Detail Filet? Yeah. I should. That's a great idea. You can stuff up Ninja Chop. Yo! You like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ninja you Chop. You know, I actually want to get some business cards and make them, you know, like the hard plastic and make them in the shape of a throwing star. Hmm. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be like cool. A de- like a, a ninja star. Yeah, you know, because you know, matter, no matter how, how old we get or how many years goes on, everybody always wants a card. And so, you know, hey, hey, can I get a card? Yeah, here you can. And sling it at them. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you don't stick somebody in the, in the neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one you'll remember me. I have a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so, hey, uh, let's talk about this beer. What Are you drinking the beer, Chet? I'm actually drinking Corona Premier, the oh. new Corona that came out. It's 90 calories. It's 2.6 cards. The reason I know that is because Nikita put me on a keto diet. Nikita so. put him on a keto diet. Oh. Yep. 
Yep. So I gotta have. I can still drink it. I'm usually a whiskey man, but I can still drink it as long as it has a certain amount of carbs. So I went and got it tonight. It's actually pretty good. So it is. Sorry, we could have got that too. I apologize. Man, it's my fault. You know, I I, I committed to five o'clock, and and I was actually on the way home, and uh, I actually got that Bronco in the shop today, and I started wet sanding on it tonight. So that's what I was doing at the shop. Yeah. No problem. What I've heard, I drank one of those. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Does it taste decent. like uh, like a normal Corona? A, What's the difference? It, it, a, t- it, t- it tastes just like a normal Corona, but it has less calories than a Corona Light. It's Premier, huh? Well, yeah, it's, it's Premier. So maybe I'm Premier detailing. I don't know. We'll have to drink mm. it one night. Well, I liked it. I thought it was okay. I like yeah. this though, man. I mean, this is super smooth. DJ, you said, oh no, no, you don't. Mm. Why don't you like it? Uh, it's almost, that's why I asked there's sugar in it, because it's almost too sweet. Too, yeah. Too sweet. Just a little it's, too orangey. It's, it's right See, over the top I, for if, me. As country and as big as I am, it, if I'm on vacation, you're probably going to see me with a pina colada in my hand. So, you know, you know, me and my wife got on that, that kick of that pineapple beer uh, at, made by Ace. No, Have we haven't had heard that? of that. No. Oh, oh man. It, it'll change your life. But, no, it's a, it's a cider. Nikita said it's a cider, so oh. it's not a beer, technically. Well, I'm out. You're out, yeah. Well, you got to try everything at least once. I mean, I'm out on the IPAs, but for some reason, every time I go to a restaurant, I'm like, oh, it has a cool name? Give it to me. <laughs> and then I get the old man bitter beer face, and I'm like, oh, why did I order that? I got, But I got to drink it anyway because I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of IPA, I found one, I had one over the weekend uh, by New Belgium. The Voodoo, uh, what's it called? Voodoo, Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. Yeah. That's an IPA for someone that hasn't had an IPA before. Like It's like an entry-level IPA because it doesn't have like that overly hoppy, super strong bite. It's, it was, I, yeah, I might have drank all six of them this weekend. You probably did. You probably setting. did it in like two hours. Probably did. And then Sunday morning I'm like, oh, <laughs> 7.9%. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you're a true drinker when you're like, I've drank. I've tried as many beers as Detail Ninja's Clean Colors. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had eight hundred. No, you yeah, didn't like drink that many beers. Yeah, it's like eight fifty. It, it's stupid how it, it. You know, it's the mentality of you know, oh, hey, a lot of we beer. want this new house, or we want this, or we want that. Okay, well, I got to go through this many colors. You know, so I've just never turned anything down. You know, I'm all, I'm always the guy that's yes, yeah. You need me, yeah, I'll do it. Can you do this many cars in 12 hours? Yeah, I did. So I actually had guys working for me back in the day. I had a couple of trailers running. I did uh, at the time I was doing 14 different dealerships um, here in Little Rock, and then most of them were in Joplin, Missouri, and uh, Fayetteville, Bentonville, Arkansas area. And I had uh, I had an apartment up there that I rented. And um, what happened was, is my the guys working for me were taking my truck and going down to Texas every weekend and partying. So I caught on to that, and it, then Chad was running, you know, four days a week in Northwest Arkansas, and then the rest of the week he was running down here in Little Rock. And it, I did that for like five years. So, um, you know, that that was the problem back in the day. You know, back to your question, do you want somebody working for you? I just could never trust anybody. You know, I have a circle of trust and. Once you get outside that circle, I just don't ever trust you again. Good movie, so, though. Good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. So I, uh, I just, 
That DJ? was the mentality. I'll just do it myself. DJ, you, you're going to go throw out your movie quote option on that? Um, Circle of Trust? Circle of Trust. Uh-huh. Hmm. Am I supposed to have a movie quote for this? That's the movie quote. It's all around <laughs> Circle of Trust. Okay. Yeah. A good chunk of the movie is built around this Circle of Trust. That's great, Marty. Wasn't it, was not it, it, like a comedy that was in? <laughs> along came, no, 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 uh, not Along came, uh, Fockers, Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, oh yeah, Gaylord Fucker, he's like, he goes, and, and the dad was like, this is our circle of trust. Yeah, exactly. the, the right future step, the the, yeah, the future father-in-law. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you could milk cats. <laughs> 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 so, Alright, cool, uh, so DJ, how are you going to rate this beer? We've got a one to five scale. I know you said it's a bit sweet, but the orange is nice. I would think that you would, like, this is straight, like, old school orange crush. Oh, wow. That's probably why I like it, you know? Yeah, like, how do you You're not like You're blonde hair, blue eyed. What do you mean? I, mean? I know where Marty's going with this. Uh-huh. No, it's not, it's not, it's nowhere near orange crush. For beer? Orange crush for beer? That's it. That is orange crush for beer. I mean, it definitely is orange crush for beer, but it's not great. Too too bad. Oh, you were the grape. You <laughs> grape, grape crush. I was the grape guy. Grape crush. Okay. All right. So tell us your rating on uh, Bud Light Orange. We don't really need to explain it. Other, than, I mean, Bud Light Lime, killer. Way better. They came out with Bud Light Orange. You're saying too much sweetness. Way too much sweetness. I'll give it a two. I mean, a two. probably a one and a half, but. Give it a one and a half. It's going to go one and a half, yeah. yeah. I knew you liked it. You have to be a sweet beer drinker (laughs) in order to appreciate it, and I would give it probably a four. Wow. You gave gave, uh, Orange Crush for beer? You gave it a four? You gave it a four. I like it. But, you know, I'm a a candy guy. I'm not a chocolate guy. I'm kind of a, uh, you know, give me a Sour Patch Kid or give me a Jolly Rancher. You know, that's how I that's That's me all the way. I just, when it comes to beer, I need, like, I need the beer taste. He likes salty nuts too. I do no, not. he does. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing with. Oh, beer. he does. <laughs> he got a, a couple of glasses of whiskey before. It doesn't matter what the beer tastes like. Oh <laughs> lord. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give oh. it a good solid three. Stepping out of the box, huh? Uh, well, to me. I could use a little in the but what I like about Bud Light Lime is you have a hint of lime. To me, this is overly done with the orange. Like I think it's more targeted to, to women. Let's just uh, say it. it's women. women. It's exactly. a women beer. It's more targeted right. to women that go, I don't like beer, so yep. drink this. You know, you know. It was the and the older women are like, yeah, I remember Zima with the Jolly Rancher in the bottom. Oh yeah, do they have all they day have every day. Jolly Rancher. Yeah. No, you put a jolly. That's okay, what you do with Zima. Like, that's that's what you, you need to do that one night. That would be super fun. I don't even like this beer. I get it, but that's just a thing. Like you take Zima <laughs> you and you like put a jolly crust, rancher. If you don't like orange crust I, beer, you're not gonna like jolly rancher Zima. You're no. right. I'm not. You're, <laughs> <laughs> this is like what uh, day, two two Wednesdays in a row. So the stout last. Oh, it was the Wednesday before we had mm-hmm. a stout. The last week was amazing. No. Anyways, yeah. so I'm gonna switch it up. <laughs> it's the end of the night. And uh, we've had quite a few beers to drink. And, uh, we're time, gonna to go back. time to tap out. Time to tap out. So Marty's out. hammered right now off this woman beer. <laughs> and 
He's got some drunk questions to ask you. So, uh, Marty, Uh-oh. it's about uh, uh, one forty-five at the bar, and you and him are sitting across the table, and you don't really know each other too well, but I mean, you kind of yeah. do now from the night. So, and, he, and then Marty looks at me, and he's like, "You must work out." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, man, you're ruining it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, um, I'm gonna go with Nikita sitting there with us. Yeah, and then your first question is... Hold on, man. What are you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> and, and my question is, hey, are you guys going to come to SEMA and go to freebeersema.com to register? And Marty's like, is Nikita going to be there or her sister? <laughs> no, that was that's the question. And I already asked you that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, hey, Nikita, where's your sister at? Like, I, I mean, you got uh, a friend or anybody? Yeah, on a scale of 0 to 100, I'm at about a 75 that I'll be there. His ticket's already booked, right? His ticket's already booked. Ticket's booked. I can cancel it up until five days before. Yeah. Well, we hope to see you there, man. Uh, yeah. Hope to see yeah, both we, of you there. Saying, yeah, we're actually, we booked uh, the tickets, and then we booked uh, a room at the Wynn Hotel. Oh, nice place. Hey. Well, so what are you worried about? Yeah. Sounds like it's a done uh, deal. Well, you know, we, me and Nikita went to Vegas last year, and uh, we planned on staying like four days. We stayed two days, and then we got a car and went to California for seven days. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know. We're kind of the throw a dart at the map, and then that's where we'll be. Uh, it's hard to get both of us to say, yeah, this is where we want to go. I mean, you, you got to take uh, book, we'll, so. We'll p- throw your dart at the Gordon Beers Brewery for October 30th, 8 to 10 o'clock, and that's definitely where you need to be once you're at SEMA. And then you could throw another dart about 10.05. Will I be appreciated if I come? Will you be appreciated if you come? Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big appreciation guy. You know, we wouldn't, like, be, oh, there's, there's we wouldn't be begging you to come if we wouldn't appreciate you. I'm gonna like. Just... I know, I know, I know. I'm just teasing. DJ, he basically wants to know if you know. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean it's well, Vegas, I, so. Well, you, you know, Nikita's been gearing up for this. That's the whole reason for the keto diet. She's like, I gotta have a rocking hot body when I get there because I'm not gonna meet all these guys without my body in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man! So. That's awesome. Hey, Chad, thank you so much for coming on to the Pints and yeah, Polishing man. Podcast. Um, tell us where people can find you. Give us your Instagram handle, your Facebook page, all that. Yeah, uh, the Facebook page is Detail Ninja Auto Spa, LLC. Uh, Instagram is just Detail Ninja. Look for the little character. Um, website is thedetailninja.com. And uh, call me here in Little Rock. I'm here available um, one car at a time. So hope you can get in. <laughs> Hopefully so. Hopefully you can get in. Yeah. Hopefully you can get in. <laughs> hey guys, man, I really appreciate it. DJ, it was great. It was great talking to you for the first time. For uh, sure, man. Pepper Pad, man. Uh, you got You haven't said Pepper Pad in a while. I need you to post some more videos with the Pepper Pad. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really use the pepper pad that much. We do. You did before. I did. I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I kind of switched a little bit. I DJ really got on the pepper pad kick. Cody was a big pepper pad. I mean, Cody and Trey are massive pepper pad fans. I got into it for a little bit, but I found I I just kind of reverted back to foam. I don't, Like, pepper pad just yeah. takes so much finesse. you got to blow it out all the time. Like... 
Yeah, I mean, I'm old school, so everything that I do is always cut with the rotary first, and then I come back. So, you know, I just find that, you know, for me and my end results, if I don't cut it first with the rotary, it's not the same. Oh, so, you go rotary first. Mm-hmm. I, I always it's better than going rotary long. last. That's what DJ does. <laughs> okay, sorry, you go yeah. rotary, period. Yeah. <laughs> do you use the well, Makita? You know, Ooh. Yeah. Do I always get the question. I always get the question from older guys. They're always like, "Well, uh, so you use the cyclone, don't you?" I'm like, "Well, I had two of them. I sold both of them back the in the day." But no, you missed the. You, you missed, missed the joke. joke. What was the joke? I asked if you used the Makita. Oh yeah, last night I did. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Cut the podcast. Yeah, Cut yeah. the podcast. Yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll go home. Yeah, she'll go Good night, my home. ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Marty. Yeah. Show him a picture. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's married. <laughs> no, no, that's what people are saying. Hey, man, uh, uh, I'll send you a picture of my wife. Well, that's your wife. Yeah, but look how hot she is. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> to each their own, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, hey, you gotta be proud of something. Uh, bro, I totally get it. Uh, you should be very proud. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm blessed. Uh, so, you know, uh, married the same girl for our, you know, uh, going like almost 20 years. She walked away, just wanted a new life. And uh, next thing you know, Nikita popped in my life, and I got a new year model. So, <laughs> so <it worked laughs> and a better model. And a better model, a year model, exotic name, you name it. Yeah, yeah so. more features. Yeah, a lot more. All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Good, night. Good night. All right, Chad. Thanks, man. I appreciate hey, you taking hey, the time. Is this thing, is this thing on? It's yeah, on. Yeah, it's all still on. What do you think? <laughs> we are still live. <laughs> I know. I'm just playing. All right, bro, uh, DJ, give us your handle. Uh, at DJ Patterson on IG or at EcoGreenMD for the business. And uh, this is Marty at Total Auto Solutions. Thank you, Chad. Thank you so much. Uh, And everybody, thank you for listening. Please take the time. If we've brought you any value whatsoever, please take the time to give us a rating and give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, for other detailers that you think that maybe could get something out of it, give them a referral. Tell them, hey, they should probably listen to it. Yes, that's my – yes. So, okay, so, Chad, he just pulled up. Uh, your Instagram page, and he's got the bulldog sitting in the back seat with the sunglasses. And that was originally kind of how we started connecting, if I yes. remember. We yes. started talking about bulldogs. Yes. So. Yeah, I used to breed them. I used to breed them. Um, I, at one time, I had 15, 15 uh, girls and one male. And uh, <laughs> What a that, stud. Yeah, and out of, and out of all of that, what happened was is my son was about seven years old the last time I had one, and um, you know he's graduating this year, and I guess about a year ago he was like, man, I, I really want another dog, you know, another bulldog, and so we found Theodore just on a whim and uh, brought him home, and uh, man, he's great. I actually took a picture right before we got on the phone, and. Uh, when we were having all the technical issues, I was going to send you a picture of Theodore laying upside down in his kennel saying, you know, hey, it ain't just going to work, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great, man. They're, uh, they're a different breed. They're more expensive than the other breeds. But, uh, yeah. yeah That's true. All right, bro. We got to roll. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, man. No problem, man. Anytime. All right. See ya. Later, DJ. See you, man. Talk to you soon.